Amen. Thank you for that. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Very simple message tonight, uh, but uh, one that I'll give you uh, three things that maybe we can uh, try to do a little bit better uh, in this new coming year. It's around the corner. John chapter 20, and starting in verse 19. We'll actually uh, stay in the book of John tonight, so I won't have you turn around too much. Verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had, and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my fingers into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the door being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold, My hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they they have not seen, and yet have believed. Let's pray really quick. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given me to preach your word, Lord. But I understand that it's not me whatsoever, Lord. Help me to... uh, and give you all the credit, Lord, empower me. And Lord, I pray that we would learn something tonight. We can take something with us as we especially start uh, this new year. And help us to grow tonight as well. In your name, amen. All right, uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about uh, just a, a man named Thomas. And uh, in our uh, teen Sunday school, we've been going uh, through a curriculum that I believe uh, many of you guys have taken it in the past. Uh, maybe it was a couple years ago, but uh, we're kind of slowly uh, going um, through that. And uh, maybe it's this thing. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, anyways, uh, we, um, I've been really enjoying it. We've been uh, going through, uh, like I said, very slowly. And I think we started back in April, I believe, or May. And uh, you know, I, don't, I think we are hit the halfway mark. So we're taking our sweet time. Uh, but uh, anyways, I've enjoyed it. And uh, we just recently uh, uh, came across uh, Thomas and, and finished that, uh, finished talking about him. And uh, I was really challenged and impressed by uh, the life of Thomas and what you can learn about him. And especially what was taught from that curriculum, uh, I, I thought it was kind of neat. It really stuck out to me. And uh, it's just really neat, if you remember, just uh, learning a little bit more specifically about each one of those disciples, the apostles. And uh, it was really neat uh, to, to learn about them. 
in the Bible, uh, Thomas is also called Didymus, as I read there, and that's just the Greek translation of his name. But not a whole lot is said about him. Uh, uh, he doesn't, uh, he's not like a Peter or a James or John uh, or Paul, uh, where he's mentioned quite a bit. There's, there's actually not much said about him at all. Uh, if you were to just kind of pile in those sections of Scripture where it's maybe talking about him, I believe it's about eight times that he's only mentioned, and, and about half of those time, uh, those eight times, maybe more, it's just kind of in like a list form, uh, listing with all the other disciples. Uh, I believe Matthew 10.3, Mark 3.18, you can see that in a couple other places as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you were to ask uh, any kid here tonight, if you were to ask any adult, for that matter, uh, anybody that has just attended one Sunday school in their life, uh, what nickname Thomas has, uh, you, most likely they'd probably say Doubting Thomas, right? And we usually know Thomas as Doubting Thomas. And maybe you were called Doubting Thomas at one point. I know uh, I like to use that at times. And if you've had a little bit of lack of faith, you'd refer to yourself or maybe your friend as a, a Doubting Thomas. But he gets this infamous name by what happened in this passage that we just read. And I won't go through and read it all again, but basically you can really see it in verse 24 and 25. Uh, and I'll just read those verses. It says, But Thomas, one of the twelve called Dynamis, was not with them when Jesus came. Uh, so Jesus, after he arose from the grave, uh, he appeared unto a group of disciples. Uh, but Thomas for whatever reason, wasn't with that group. And so uh, he didn't get to see Jesus. But then verse 25, it says, The other disciples therefore said unto him, that is Thomas, we have seen the Lord. Uh, but he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my fingers into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And that's where he gets the doubting part from. You know, he's a doubter. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, if I was in the same position that Thomas was in, I'm not sure if I would quite believe that as well. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, you know, if I, my uh, grandpa, he passed away about 20 years ago, maybe, maybe not that, quite that long. But if uh, my brothers were to say, hey, we've seen grandpa alive and I wasn't there, I don't think I'd believe them. I think uh, a little bit strange. I'd want to actually see him in person. And uh, so I don't think Thomas has completely gone wacko here. Uh, I think he's using a little bit of common sense. I think he uh, actually wants to see the proof. And uh, he said, I want to see his nail-scarred hands. I want to be able to put my hand into his side. I want to see proof that he is alive. Have you ever judged a book by its cover before? <laughs> I think we've all had, and we've probably heard a teacher say that to us before. Don't judge a book by its cover. And whenever a teacher said that to me, I'd always thought in my head, teacher, doesn't really matter what that cover of the book looks like, I still don't want to read it. And, uh, you know, we don't really judge. Uh, we, we sometimes will judge a book by its cover. You know, we look at an old school book, and they're really plain, really boring. Uh, but uh, the books nowadays are really flashy. You know, they have, you can rub your hand on it, and there's like little bumps and things stick out, and it's just really cool. Uh, but uh, uh, 
Sometimes, though, we use that same, don't judge a book by its cover, we kind of do the same thing when it comes to people as well, right? We judge them based upon maybe what we know about them, maybe their appearance. Uh, maybe, you know, for instance, uh, I'm sure we've all uh, seen that big burly man with tattoos. He's a biker, you know, and he's just really tall. And he, at first we're like, boy, he scares me. I don't want anything to do with him. But deep inside, he's a really nice person, right? And we, we sometimes judge things just by their appearance or just by what is said about him, just about maybe one thing, what we know about him. And so that name, Doubting Thomas, what most people would, maybe that's the first thing that pops into our mind about Thomas, we assume that he was a doubter. We assume that, well, he must not have been that great of a guy. But I want to tell you otherwise, I, I think there's far much more better about that's said about Thomas uh, than just that one slip-up that maybe he had as recorded here in Scripture. I probably think that he should have been called Loving Thomas. He should have been called a Faithful Thomas, uh, and the list could go on. And I'd like to show you that there tonight. Uh, Really quick here, uh, just kind of a side note, um, you know, going back to uh, kind of judging uh, other people and such just by, you know, what we see about them. You know, this doesn't really have too much to, to do with the message, I guess, the three main points anyways, but I think it's something worth mentioning. And uh, how many times when we brush shoulders with people and uh, we uh, maybe hear about something here and there about somebody and... And we automatically, uh, you know, draw a picture about what that person's like in our mind when we don't really have the full story. We don't really uh, know for sure if that's the case. I think that happens quite a bit. And uh, I just want to encourage you that uh, sometimes uh, um, what you hear, sometimes what you see may not be completely uh, what that person's like. And I think we need to be very careful about uh, judging people based upon just little instances uh, uh, here and there. Now, maybe we know this person for sure, and we, wanna, we want to warn people about them. We know what they're really like, but uh, it's very easy for us to judge somebody just by their appearance, just like we judge a book by the outside of its cover. Uh, I like what Pastor said this morning, you know, uh, we as Christians need to have a forgiving spirit, a forgiving heart about us, and uh, um, just a heart of mercy towards people. Not so quick to judge somebody just by maybe one mistake that they've made, another mistake here and there, uh, but to give them a little bit of grace. And that right there was just a freebie, uh, but uh, I thought it was worth mentioning. With the time we have left, I would like to point out uh, just three things that uh, Thomas portrays in his life what's said about him in Scripture, and uh, how those three things, I believe, kind of outweigh his mistake. Now, don't get me wrong, mistake is a mistake, you know. Uh, I, I'm not saying that that mistake is nothing, but I do believe that his character in many different areas uh, is, uh, was kind of greater and portrayed himself to be maybe this type of person rather than that type of person. And uh, um, I just want to show you that tonight. And these three different things, I think we can do better at 
each and every one of us, and myself included, maybe in this coming year, and how we can grow uh, in these specific areas, and uh, we can only use that to our benefit, and I believe the Lord would have us to do so. First thing here uh, that I would like to show you about Thomas's life is that he had an exceptional love for the Lord. He had an exceptional love for the Lord. We'll still be in John here, like I said, John chapter 11, if you turn back there. John chapter 11. Has an exceptional love for the Lord. Here in this uh, passage, actually the chapter before, chapter 10, um, just so you kind of get an idea of what's leading up to this, and then we'll read that, uh, starting in verse 6 there. But uh, in chapter 10, before that, right at the end of chapter 10, that is, um, the Jews, who's in Jerusalem, Christ was, and, and they uh, tried to grab him. In fact, they probably had him. Uh, they had him, Jesus surrounded the disciples, and they were going to stone Jesus uh, because um, he was claiming to be God. And uh, anyways, it was a whole big old ordeal. Uh, but uh, Christ ended up escaping from them. And uh, I'm thankful he did because that just wasn't the time for him to, to die yet for us. And as he ended up ex- escaping, and uh, right at the beginning of chapter 11, uh, we kind of maybe switch gears a little bit. He's away from Jerusalem. And he starts telling his disciples about his good friend Lazarus, who's sick. Uh, sick almost to the point of dying, and uh, he had a heart for Lazarus. And so we come to uh, chapter six, uh, sorry, chapter 11 and verse 6, and if you'd uh, follow along there with me, it says, When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, uh, saith he to his disciples, Let us go unto Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things saith unto him, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his, of his death, but they thought that he spoke of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now here, I, I kind of think that this is a sort of funny thing going on here. Obviously, uh, what's, what's taking place here is uh, Jesus wants to go and he wants to help Lazarus. Lazarus is sick. And he's passed away. Uh, uh, Jesus knows something that maybe the disciples don't know here. And we see that quite often in the Bible. Um, But uh, um, Jesus said to the disciples, Hey, I want to go back to Bethany, uh, which wasn't too far from Jerusalem, where they attempted to stone him before. And I want to help my friend Lazarus, Lazarus, who is asleep. Well, the disciples thought that he was actually sleeping, actually getting the rest that he needed because he was sick. Uh, Jesus didn't mean that. Jesus meant that he was asleep as in he was dead, and he wanted to go and raise uh, his friend Lazarus from the dead. 
but after this whole ordeal, obviously the only thing on the disciples' minds were, hey, you're going awfully close to Jerusalem again. Uh, do you really want to get into trouble? Do you really want to be stoned? And uh, so that I picture the disciples, that was their main concern, right? Uh, focusing on, hey, we need to keep Jesus away from this place because we want to protect him. We want to save him. Now, we don't really hear too much. This is what I picture uh, going on behind the scenes in between the lines. But in verse 16, we have Thomas speak up, and he said, Then saith Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let's also go, that we may die with him. Let us also go, that we may die with him. And so we see here that out of all the disciples that were present, and like I said, this is what the Bible records for us. Uh, but we have Thomas that's mentioned here, and he speaks up. I believe he took a great step of courage. I believe that he uh, um, kind of reveals a lot of his love that he had for Christ. Uh, he wanted to step in, and he's probably thinking, you know what, Jesus, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. He's going to go whether we want him to go or not. And probably the only obvious solution is for us to go along with him and possibly risk our lives for him, protecting him. And so we see Thomas here, we see an act of love. We see an act of, act of sacrifice, a willingness to step in if needed, step in and protect Jesus to lay down his life for him. And it got me thinking a little bit, you know, would you do that for somebody? I'm sure we would. I'm sure we have a list of people that we would gladly step in front of a bullet for, that we would risk our lives for. And, uh, but do you love Jesus that much that you would be willing to give your life for him? How's your love for the Lord tonight? Do you love him that you're willing to sacrifice yourself for him? And I'm not just talking about sacrificing your life for him, but what about sacrificing your time for the Lord? Sacrificing your talents for him, your energy. Are you willing to give up those things as a sacrifice to the Lord because you love him so much? I think what we see here is Thomas had a love for Jesus Christ that, if we were honest tonight, probably, probably would put all of our love for Jesus to shame. It probably wouldn't even compare. And we see here uh, a great love that is shown. One thing I believe is good to meditate on is the fact that the disciples weren't fully understanding why Christ was on earth in the first place. We read a lot of passages about that. There's a lot of confusion. I think there's a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of confusion, a lot of questions, and I think there's uh, maybe a couple of reasons why uh, the disciples were still not so quite aware of why Christ was there in the first place. Uh, but uh, I think maybe one of the reasons was the fact that these men were uh, very unlearned. I mean, you think about, uh, it's been interesting to learn just where each of these disciples came from before Christ called them. Uh, many of them were fishermen, uh, unlearned, no education whatsoever, a little bit rough around the edges. 
And uh, so maybe it took them a little while to use their heads and figure out why Jesus was here. Uh, um, Think about Matthew, uh, a publican, a tax collector. And it wasn't just a tax collector like we would think today. This guy was deceitful. This guy was greedy. And he often took more than what he wanted. He was a sinner, uh, a wicked sinner. And nobody liked him. Nobody hated him. Everybody hated him. And uh, we look at people like that, uh, and they're, I guess you could say, nobodies, yet Christ uh, chose them and had a desire to teach them and grow them. Maybe it's just taking a little bit of time for them. Uh, but uh, the disciples' uh, reaction uh, to in this moment wasn't... Uh, um, Okay, you know, we don't, uh, we're going to let Jesus do- go. We know he's all powerful. It was kind of in reaction of Jesus, don't go because we don't want you to die. And uh, that sacrifice that Thomas was able to do uh, was just remarkable. And uh, I wonder, uh, do you tonight have a love for the Lord? I wonder, do you realize just exactly what Christ has done for you? He sacrificed his life for you. Uh, you have a home in heaven because of Jesus Christ. Uh, how great is your love for Christ? Uh, Paul, said, and I believe 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he says that the love of Christ constrains me. And uh, uh, do you, uh, does that love that Christ has shown for you, does that constrain you to love him more and more every day? And uh, I think if there's one thing that we could do this new year is we could learn to love Christ more and more. Uh, Not uh, get to the point where we're so content with where we're at in life, but grow. Grow to loving him more and more. Be willing to sacrifice things for him because he's done so much for you. Second thing that we see about Thomas here is he had a desire to be close to the Lord. A desire to be close to the Lord. And if you turn just a few uh, chapters ahead to John chapter 14, John chapter 14, we have another uh, big scene that uh, Thomas is mentioned in. John chapter 14, and just right there in verse number 1, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This happened just shortly, in fact, the night before uh, Christ was going to be crucified. And he gives his disciples, I guess, just a little talk, a little speech about what was going to happen. And uh, um, just kind of a little, some instruction uh, uh, for what was going to be taking place in the future uh, for them. 
I don't completely understand, uh, uh, again, uh, like I said, why the disciples were so clueless on things. Like I said before, it could have been the fact that they were uneducated and unlearned. But regardless, these disciples, they spent, uh, in a sense, every waking hour, at least, with Christ, it seemed. Uh, Yet still, there were many questions, many questions that arose. Christ says in verse 3 that he's going to prepare a place for you. And I just picture puzzled minds once again, as the disciples often had. Uh, the wheels were turning. There's a lot of confusion. Thomas speaks up here. He says, but Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't know the way to, to wherever you're going there. There's a lot of confusion in that question there. This was a concerning thought, I believe, for each one of these disciples. But we see Thomas... Uh, he spoke up again, and I think we see another glimpse of Thomas's courage amongst the group. Uh, and again, his love amongst the group as well for Jesus. He wants to know. He wants the answers. Because wherever Jesus is, he wants to be there as well. There was a strong desire, I believe here, for Thomas to be close to the Lord, to be with the Lord. I wonder tonight, not only how is your love for the Lord, but how strong is your desire to be with him? And I understand those two things can go hand in hand. If you have a love for the Lord, I believe you want to spend time with the Lord. You have a desire to be with him. Uh, I think oftentimes, though, we say we love the Lord, but do we really? And uh, uh, we say that we spend time with the Lord, that we desire to be with the Lord, but do we really? I am not merely just talking about the desire to be with him uh, in heaven. As we see here, uh, the disciples had a a desire to go wherever Jesus is going. And uh, I believe uh, heaven should be exciting to us. Heaven should be something that we look forward to, that we'd have nothing to fear here on earth because, boy, it's going to be so much better than what we're experiencing here. There should be that desire to be with the Lord one day. But I'm not just talking about that. Do you have a desire to be close and in a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ? If there is something 2020 has taught us, I think uh, it's maybe taught some of us that uh, we are a pretty hopeless people, right? Um, There's just so many problems that come up. Uh, we're so susceptible to all sorts of things, and, and uh, we're not, uh, we're maybe not as invincible as what we thought we were, and it's maybe taught us a little bit of that, and hopefully once that thought hits your mind, hopefully you ran to the Lord, but what did you do? Once you realize that, hey, I'm not all that, I do need the Lord's help, where did you run to? You run to the Lord, hopefully when that hit your mind, you ran to the Lord. Hopefully you sought the Lord in prayer. Hopefully you opened up God's word and you found some encouragement for what you're going through. Hopefully you hid underneath the shadow of the Almighty. You got underneath his wings for protection during those difficult times. Not only depending on him for salvation, but you're depending upon him for every aspect of your life as well. There's a desire to be close to him. I don't know about your radar, but my radar is telling me that 2021 may not be any different than this year. And there may be a lot of heartache. There may be a lot of issues, a lot of problems in each and every one of our lives. 
What an excellent opportunity for us to start fresh. Maybe this past year, you haven't sought the Lord as you had ought to. Maybe you uh, didn't desire to be close to him. You put all of the issues and problems that you dealt with upon yourself. Maybe you need a resolution. You need to uh, say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up God's word. I'm going to seek him in prayer. I'm going to get close to him when things come up. Thomas, I believe, had a great love for the Lord. I believe he had a desire to be close to the Lord. Wherever Jesus was going, he wanted to go as well. Is that you tonight? Will you do that this coming year? And the third thing that we see here, and I think this is a remarkable thing, is that Thomas was a doubter, but he was changed into a complete and remarkable faith in the Lord. Started as a doubter, but was turned to have complete and remarkable faith in the Lord. With this, we'll go back just to our text in John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And towards the end there, verse 25. And it says, The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he saith unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my fingers into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were with him, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the door being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. See, doubting Thomas here, he wanted the proof, as we've already settled at the beginning here. He wanted to see those nail-scarred hands. He wanted to thrust his hand into the speared side. uh, And in doing so, that is when he was going to believe. That was the decision point for him. I love what Thomas says, though, in verse 28, um, after he's uh, seen, after he's touched, after he's gotten the proof. Uh, in verse 28, he simply says, my Lord and my God. I think that's a really remarkable thing that he said, and I don't think he could have put it any better. I think in that, those few words there, I think he acknowledged that Jesus was truly his Lord, that he was truly his God. And I think when he said that, when he saw that Jesus was actually there, I believe there was no turning back. I believe that doubt that he had at the beginning was turned into a complete faith. And I don't think he ever turned back. I don't think he's ever doubted in an instant. I'm not saying maybe the flesh didn't get a hold of him from time to time, but I think he looked back on that experience as he went through preaching the word, and he thought about what, what, uh, what happened there, and he had complete faith. I think he was able to do great things for the Lord. Uh, the, the book that we're going through, uh, he, uh, it said that Thomas went on to uh, preach in uh, Iran, 
and India, those regions, and um, I believe he's done great things for the Lord, for the cause of Christ. Uh, and I think he took that with him. He had complete faith, complete trust in the Lord that allowed him to do amazing things. And ultimately, he died a martyr. And uh, he, he was an amazing person, but he was only able to do those things because he had the faith. He had the trust that God was able to carry him through. Have you ever learned from your mistakes before? Hopefully you have. Hopefully, if you've made any mistakes, you've learned something from it. If you haven't, well, they're just mistakes. And uh, I like what Henry Ford said, the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. And I believe that Thomas learned a valuable lesson that day. I believe that he learned from his mistake. He learned that there was no need to doubt, or they needed to just trust in the Lord. And, and I believe that's what allowed him to do amazing things for the Lord. How is your faith in Christ? Are you doubting that he can maybe come through for you in this coming year in a specific area? Maybe there's something that you're going through right now and you need Christ, but you're doubting. Uh, you're playing uh, like a back-and-forth game, and uh, you're not sure. You want to take it upon yourself, but you know you ought to be trusting the Lord. You know you ought to be putting your complete faith in him and not doubting what he can do in your life. Would you give God a chance? Would you allow him to show you what he can do in your life? I find that one of the things that I tend to do when I have a lack of trust, a lack of faith, is I think back to moments in my life where I strive to really put my complete faith and trust in Christ, and I've seen that he's come through for me. It's not always a bad thing to look back on things. Look back on what, what God has done for you. And uh, I, I believe that maybe that's what Thomas did, and that's what got him through his life. That's what got him through his ministry. Maybe you don't have a moment like that. Uh, maybe you just need to think about the time that the Lord saved you. Maybe you don't have a time like that. Would you give Christ a chance? Would you allow him to come through for you? Would you grow your faith? Would you grow your trust in the Lord this year? Like I said, most likely there'll be issues, and there are always going to be issues. There's always going to be problems in life, but doubting the Lord is never a good thing. Allow him to come through. Allow him to uh, uh, help you and, and to trust in him, and uh, he'll do great and mighty things for your life. Doubting Thomas, I think he's a man worth mentioning. Uh, he, he's, not, uh, he's not that well-known, and most likely, whenever we think about his name, we automatically think, yeah, Doubting Thomas. But maybe you have a different perspective tonight. Maybe you've seen a little bit of, of what he was really like. And uh, I believe uh, these specific things here teach us a lot about Thomas, and uh, I think uh, he uh, loved the Lord. I think that he had a desire to be close to the Lord, and I also think that he had an unbelievable faith in the Lord after that small little failure, small little fault that he had. Would you ask God to help you with these three things this coming year? I think we have all could work on these things, and myself included, and I think you can never fill up the tank. I think there's always room for growth. 
There's always room uh, to love him more. There's always room to have a closer desired relationship with him. And there's always room for you to increase in your faith and, uh, and trust in him. And I believe that you will truly be blessed in working on those things this coming year. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time, Lord. I do thank you for this opportunity to uh, share a little bit of what's challenged me these last few weeks. And Lord, I realize that uh, maybe uh, beating a dead horse a little bit, maybe with the teens, maybe with uh, some of the uh, folks here. Uh, but I do pray that it was a little bit of a reminder that we can uh, learn something from Thomas here. I'm so thankful that we can learn uh, specific things from uh, people in your word, whether it's a fault or whether it's uh, uh, good things that we can try to emulate and try to allow it to change our life. But Lord, I do pray that as we enter the new year, that we would uh, strive to uh, maybe do a few of these things, maybe try to be better at a few of these things. I pray that we would grow in our love for you. I pray that uh, that we wouldn't uh, kind of stop, that we would just be satisfied with where we're at, but we would uh, love you more and more. I pray that we would have a desire to be closer to you as well and uh, to just have a good re- a relationship with you. But I pray that we would grow in our faith too. No doubt there'll be some things this coming year that will test our faith. That's when we can look to you, we can trust in you, and, uh, and believe you will help us out in those situations.